Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Well, it happened again. <laughs> so we may as well start as we mean to go on. All right, Pesipus, you asked for the time at the start of Ups and Downs. What is your problem today? I cannot believe that in a barbed wire everywhere match, we had an overbooked mess that felt like WWE. I mean, we didn't need the shark cage. We didn't need the Blackpool Combat Club coming out. And what was the deal with Annie Jane and Ty Conte? I thought it sucked. All right, well, you're allowed that opinion. But can't you also just take a second and go, wait, this was two guys butchering themselves with barbed wire. So before I do go off on one, I should show them some respect. You can't talk to me like that, you bored asshole. You should be showing some respect to me. Kiss my ass. Well, actually, you don't even have an ass. Get over there. Oh, what an asshole Pessipus he is. But hello, my name is Cyber What Culture, and welcome to another episode of Ups and Downs, where we are going to go through Fighter Fest round two. And we're going to discover, well, was it any good, or should we all be like the angry octopus? Let's give the good bits an up, the bad bits down. start with a sign. That is right. Now, I was very, very happy about this because usually I miss them, but it was basically the first thing I saw on Dynamite and it didn't read, read, hey, Simon, give me a thumbs up for my B-Day. Now, admittedly, that is kind of butchering the catchphrase and a B-Day is a device you usually find in a toilet or a bathroom, but I am only joking. I love stuff like this. You all make me feel warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum and I am your humble servant. So one, happy birthday and two, I'm going to use the thumb. They got into the action properly, and it was Brody King versus Darby Allen, and I shall not lie to you, because that's not what we do here. I was absolutely terrified. Because on the one hand, you have a guy that wants to kill people, and on the other hand, you have a guy who doesn't mind if he dies. So I had to really pump myself up for this, and Taz had a great line on commentary. He was like, that Brody King, I wouldn't want to meet him down a light alley, which is a very good point. Why is it always dark? And basically, the first thing that happened is Darby dived at Brody King. He got caught, and he got thrown into the ring post and Barry Barricade. This was my face. It just looks so horrible. For me, he just chucked Alan all over the place, and it honestly like he was a ragdoll. Now, I know that Darby Allen has come out and said, I'm here for a good time, and not for a long time, but surely he would like to walk when he's like, I don't know, 32? Because at the moment, he is hurting his back so much, I think mine is starting to bother me, and that doesn't make sense. He used his belt eventually to trip up Brody King, which was smart because then he was able to do that crazy bullet dive at him, and somehow he even hit a code red. I don't know why I found that so amusing. It was just the size difference. I'm like, how did he get him over? Darby's plan then became, well, if I choke Brody and he can't breathe anymore, maybe he'll pass away, and then I'll be the victory. 
But all that did was put the same idea in King's head, so they did that spot again, where Brody is holding him over the floor, like from the ring apron, and basically performing an execution before he just drops. We've seen this three times now, and at the end of every one, I'm like, I don't understand what life is anymore. Now this almost got Darby counted out, but he did get back in at the last second. And then Brody King was like, man, you like a bug. You're annoying me. He hit with the big gonzo bomb. He got the one, two, three. So there you go, all you negative Nancys. The big guy massacred the small guy. Now you can have an okay day. King continued this beat down afterwards, which was enough to bring Sting out there going, don't you beat my son up like that. And just as he was about to hit the scorpion death drop, the lights went off. So I got very excited because I love that spot. When they came back on, once again, he was having a stare off with Malachi Black. This allowed King to grab him from behind, and once again, the choke was back. And just as Sting was about to pass out, Malachi just took respect, and he threw it out the window, because he went, and he spat the back mist right into Sting's face. I was like, you don't do that to Sting. It's Sting! It wasn't the end either because then Miro walked out and he just started looking at everyone because of course we're meant to go, well, is he gonna fight the House of Black or is he going to join them? And what was really interesting here, Conductor Hands, is that Miro was wearing sunglasses, maybe, just maybe, to hide a black mark around his eye because we all know what that means. So this was just one massive tease and the match was an absolute brutal beatdown. But flub me, was it a good start to dynamite and it planted those seeds. Now I want to eat them up. And then it's definitely a post-match brawl, so bring it down. It rolls up to seven. I think AEW has my number. Two Dimes was then backstage at AEW Dynamite. Why was like, Tony D'Angelo, you absolute liar. You told me you killed him. He is now Cole Carter, and as he is gonna face Ricky Starks later, Ricky walked up to him and was basically like, ha, 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 ain't you meant to be dead? I mean, he didn't say that, but it was strongly implied inside baseball. Things then got really awesome because we had William Regal and Orange Cassidy on commentary together and I swear, Regal did what he always does, which is just summon years worth of British comedy and aim it at Orange Cassidy's face. It was an absolute delight. It's also meant as the Blackpool Combat Club taking on the best friends. And what a match this was. Because in the early going, Chuck and Trent were clear like, well, we need to show them that we can be tough guys, even though we also like having a hug. Straight away, we were just punching each other in the face. There was also some shenanigans when Trent tagged out when Wheeler Utah got in there. Because, of course, that's meant to be a thing because they used to be buddies. But basically, this was just one big ruse. Because then the best friends started casting distraction and they got in control. So they obviously felt quite good getting some revenge against Regal, who had kidnapped their best friend. But the problem, when you focus on wheels, when you want to beat somebody up in a tag match, well, it just means that the hot tag is gonna go to John Moxley. He got this, and as, as always, he just went nuts. I mean, he went right in there with the elbows, and he also grabbed Chuck and threw him over Timmy the Timekeeper's table. When he got back in the ring, and he hit a cutter. Now, I know I talk about this every week, but I just never thought John Moxley would start doing cutters, the move of 2022. Mox then decided to tag back in you two, which actually was a bad idea because then all of a sudden, the best friends were just dishing out awful waffles like they wanted dessert. And it did end with another one of these for a, well, I was gonna say really good near fall, and it was a good false finish, but the problem was, did I ever think the best friends were going to win? 
No, I didn't. I was correct too, because they went to go for strong zero, but Wheeler Yuta was able to get out of that. Although the cool twist here is that everything in your being was saying, well, I'm sure Mox will tag in again and he'll come in to make the save. But that didn't happen at all. I mean, he still played his part, but from nowhere, Yuta hit something that I think they called the seatbelt pin, which was great. But it was also the most devastating move in all the sports entertainment surprise roll-up. And he scored the pinfall. So once again, he is a valued member of the BCC. Daniel Garcia was also shown watching this from the backstage, because of course we have the Ring of Honor pay-per-view this Saturday night. And it was just a good, hard-hitting match that reminded you, probably in the future, the Backpool Combat Club should be the tag team champions. Will they? I don't know. I don't write the show up. Talking about pay-per-view too, we also got a video for Jonathan Gresham taking on Claudio Castagnoli, which is going to go down at the weekend. And do not forget, if Claudio does win, that will be his first ever World Wrestling Federation Championship. Nope. Just wrestling championship. I decided to go back to 1992. Although that could be because after this, all my dreams came true. What am I talking about? Well, simple. We cut to the commentary booth and out came Chompy, <laughs> which is the mascot for Shark Week. And Excalibur started to talk about healthy oceans and all of that good stuff. But I just really appreciated that on my screen was somebody dressed up like a shark. Now put him in the ring and make him the champ. We then had a very by the numbers segment after this, but it did its job. It was our tag team celebration for swerving our glory. Small things like this just tell the audience that something big has recently happened. And like a telltale game, they should remember that. So out came Keith Lee, out came Swerve Strickland, and they just got on the microphone and went, we are baby faces, we love you. Oh my gosh, why don't we go and do a dance? And you just knew that somebody was going to interrupt eventually because that's how these things always go. And of course, it was Tony Nese and Mark Sterling, which also made sense because for some reason, they want Swerve out of the company. They went straight up to rapper Kevin Gates, who had been introduced by Swerve, and they were like, well, why don't you sign the petition and we can get rid of him for good? But of course, Gates said, no, I don't want to do that. Who the flub are you? Sterling was so mad, he just turned on instantly and he said, well, your music sucks. So not only did Kevin Gates lay out Tony Nese with a punch, but then from behind, Strickland had a cake. He threw that into Sterling's face. If you went really quiet in the distance, you could hear someone shout, sports entertainment. Some people always like to be offended when guys like this turn up on wrestling shows, but just because you don't understand that Kevin Gates is a big deal, doesn't mean he isn't a big deal and he will bring outside eyes to the project. Now I can only presume that Swerve in Our Glory will beat Tony Nese and maybe Mark Sterling or a partner of their choosing. They can get a big win and then move on to something else. But ultimately, I'm just happy they are the tag team champions. Up. Although I am a little bit confused as to what is going on with Hangman Adam Page in the Dark Order. So I was wrong last week when I thought they were going to have a six-man tag on Rampage. We went backstage here and we had John Silver Annex Reynolds just looking at the Butcher and the Blade. Because once again, when you do that, it means it's super duper serious time. They also wanted to give Butcher and Blade a t-shirt that said Butch on it. And clearly the shop owners were not impressed by this because they have a business to run and they have meat to sell. So they started to beat the Dark Order up. That's when Hangman and Page achieved the chair. They just ran off. That was it. I was like, okay. I don't understand what's coming next. But we always wait and see because it's good to be a patient poor. And I would have said it was completely different for what came next because Christian Cage and Luchasaurus walked to the ring. I thought this one was cut and dry. I was wrong. Because they were fighting the Varsity Blondes given everything that happened last week. And because Christian Cage has become a massive asshole, he pretended he was going to do some stuff when he tagged in Luchasaurus 
And given that Luchasaurus is a dinosaur, <laughs> he wrecked these humans. I mean, he was just throwing them into each other. He was ruining them with clotheslines. And by the time he had picked their bones, he tagged back in Christian, who just stole the pin. Because once again, Christian is a dick. The aftermath was great, though, because Christian did hop up on Luchasaurus's shoulders, which is what the Jurassic Express started to do. And you could just hear it coming, and you were correct. Jungle Boy made his big return to AEW Dynamite, and he stormed to the ring. He had a chair because he's not an idiot, but my word, I didn't see this coming. Because he saw his old friend, Luchasaurus, and Luchasaurus saw his old friend, Jungle Boy, and they had a bit of a stare-off to remind you this is super serious. And at the last second, Luchasaurus turned around side by side with his old pal and they stared at Christian who had a breakdown in the ring. What? But this would make sense because the big guy, Dinosaur, has never really given us an explanation as to why he did go all bad. But I still don't think that we're done here. And my guts tell me that Jungle Boy is about to be blitzed. But I like this. I thought I knew where it was going. And actually, it was going in a completely different direction. When you're on a roller coaster, you always want surprises. And now next week, I'll watch going, <laughs> I have no idea what actually is going to happen. And they got super excited because the gun club were here. And they said that they wanted to face the acclaim in a rap battle. And I kid you not, if this goes how I want it to go, goofy, goofy wrestling, that's what I'm going for here. This could be the best segment on wrestling TV in 2022. And look at my face, I'm not blinking, I'm serious. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It then was indeed time for Ricky Starks versus Cole Carter. And I do have to say, do we really need the FTW title anymore? I'm not sure we do. I mean, one, AEW has a lot of championships. Two, it sounds like they're about to introduce more when it comes to the six-man championships. And three, I don't know why I keep saying championships. The point is, I just don't think that we need this championship. And on this night, there was no way it was going to change hands. You just knew that Ricky Starks was going to win. And thank goodness he did. Because if he didn't, 
I would have gone on the internet mode. Your lead wrestling audience definitely agrees, because every time Carter even had a thought about offense, everyone was like, boo, boo, you suck, go away. And he did go for a 450. He missed, so Rick got back to his feet, hit him with a spear. One, two, three. I guess you could call it a squash. This really did feel like we were trying to light a fire under Starks, though, which is a really smart idea, because that man deserves a mega push all the way to the moon. And we carried this on afterwards, because he got the microphone, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm just getting warmed up. I am throwing out there an open challenge. Sometimes AEW really does feel like it was written for for me. Because out came Dan Housen. He got one of his promos that makes me laugh straight away because half of it sounds like he doesn't know where he is. And of course, Stark was like, well, I know I just said an open challenge, but I didn't mean this week. I meant next. This was a weird out of nowhere segment in many ways. However, I am all up for Dan Housen versus Ricky Starks. Also, on this week's episode of Dark, Dan Housen beat Jake something with the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up, and it was actually referred to as the surprise roll-up, as if when you hit it, someone goes, oh, oh, I didn't see it coming. All of this was fun, though. I felt entertained. And then, well, I don't know what to do. Because Willow Nightingale, Athena, and Chris Statlander were getting ready for their tag team match later, when Tony Schiavone told Chris, I'm really sorry, Stokely Hathaway has pulled some strings, and you're no longer in it. And Chris looked at the camera, and she said, why? And she slapped her head. I think my heart stopped working at that point and I just fell on the floor. Though I do have to admit, I like to see myself and I like to act as a humble being. So even though this kind of felt like me, when I go, why, here's why, and instinctively, I actually did finish the catchphrase, there is also another part of me that's just like, no way. This just has to be a very strange coincidence. But let us err on the side of caution because I do want to say one thing about it. What an honour this would have been because Chris Statlander is great and also she used to be an alien. So now I can be friends with the extraterrestrials. Athena also teased that maybe Statlander could become AEW Women's Champion and she could become the TBS Champion. And yeah, some point down the line... That's probably what we should do. We went right into another promo. This is FTR were coming to the ring. And seriously, what a fabulous babyface turn this has been. Because we didn't do anything silly and we didn't do anything like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. They just turned up the work rate even more, which is saying something for them. And they just kind of twisted it a little bit to the point where they felt like they were some good human beings. Once again, they got a mega pop and they went straight into promoting their round two match with the Briscoes that is happening on Saturday night on Ring of Honor pay-per-view when Dax Harwood started to tell this story about a young girl that went to the doctor and found that she had a hole in her heart. Even at such a young age, she had to work her ass off in order to get back to health. And this person was Dax's daughter. That was it. I was gone. Somebody was kind onions. He tied this into the fact that if she can do it, there's no way that he shouldn't be trying to replicate it. And he finished it by saying at the weekend, I'm going to fight like an eight-year-old girl top guys out. Now, out of context, you'd be like, what on earth does that mean? But when you heard the story beforehand, I don't care. Give it an up. This hit me right in the emotional gland. It was also quite clear we were trying to pack in as much as possible to this dynamite because we were backstage with Satnam Singh, Jay Lethal, and Sanjay Dutt. And as always, they were like, Samoa Joe, we don't like you. We think you're an absolute goof. And Christopher Daniels heard enough of this. And he said, oh, well, you want Samoa Joe? Well, why don't we have a fight instead? I'm going to do it on Rampage. So you have to presume that Samoa Joe makes his big return after that match to make the save in a big post-match brawl. 
when it was time for the baddies taking on Athena and Willow Nightingale. Though we have the way beforehand made it very clear, the reason this has become a tag team match is because they didn't want Layla Gray in the thing, so we continue that storyline. And there were two very cool things about this match. One, I think Willow Nightingale is in store for a big old push and she's great. But also two, the first thing we saw here was Athena taking on Kira Hogan. I don't think I've ever seen that. I like it, it felt fresh. We were doing our best to get Willow over as well. She hit this double blockbuster to the floor, which was nuts, and Athena followed this out by doing a crossbody to the floor. This is when Jade Cargill basically became the parent. She was like, man, these stupid kids, I'm getting in there and I'm sorting it out. This kept happening after Nightingale got the hot tag and hit this big old spine buster for the near fall, but Jade made the save. And this is when we built to Cargill facing off with Athena. And we wanted that for ages. They just started smacking each other in the face until Jade got the better of it and booted her right in the skull. But when they were both on the floor, they did the whole double kip up spot. And that always works. Athleticism. It definitely worked better for Athena though, because she went crazy here. Not only did she hit the double knees onto Jade, but she also hit Kira Hogan with a power bomb on the apron. You won't believe this. That's the hardest part of the ring. This is when Stokely cast distraction, and man, did that work. So all of a sudden, people were being thrown into Simba the Still Steps. But there was a great bit when Jade Cargill rolled back in the ring, and Willow was waiting, and she hit the most devastating move in all oh, sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up. And she only got a two... But my goodness, I bit. Sadly, it wasn't meant to be because then Cargill hit the Blue Thunder Bomb. She hit Jaded and she was able to get the victory. But I really liked this and I thought it over-delivered. Hopefully soon we will get to all the matches between Athena and Chris Statlander too because this has been going on a little while. But seriously, you should go and watch this up. Quick interview with Thunderstorm after this because next week Thunder Rosa is going to be taking on Mia Yamashita for her Women's Championship. Where much like last week, Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter walked in and said... Hello. I was a bit worried this was just going to be an actual repeat, but as it turns out, Baker and Hater are going to be doing something on Rampage. And I hope we start to tease dissension between these two again. I mean, that story went on for ages, and as of yet, we haven't had the payoff. Which did indeed bring us to our main event. Boy, oh boy, do we have a lot to unpack, so maybe you should sit down. It began with Chris Jericho in full pain maker gear, and I will never get mad at this when it comes to professional wrestling, because it is the ridiculousness that I crave. If he wants to come out with all his weird sharp bits and his different costume and his face painted and say, look, I'm tougher now, I am totally happy to buy into it, as long as everybody else does too. We also had the Jericho Appreciation Society in a shark cage. It doesn't matter how many times I see that gimmick, it will never make sense. Then there was just barbed wire everywhere, which was the name of the match. But it was around tables, it was around the ring ropes, it was around chairs, and it was even around a flipping microphone. Surprise, surprise, as soon as Eddie Kingston got in there, he grabbed this mic and he twonked Chris Jericho with it, which meant he was bleeding instantly, and that made me laugh. I don't mean in a weird way. I'm not like some, oh my gosh, blood, it makes me feel so good. But this match had only been going on about five seconds, and we've already got the red stuff. Although that is what he said he'd do. There was also a barbed wire ring bell, if I didn't mention that, and who the hell set that up? And then they were just using everything. And any time anyone got thrown into the barbed wire, I just squirmed, especially when Eddie Kingston went into the barbed wire table. Because you can see the little pinprick things coming into his skin. I'm like, man, I don't want that to ever happen to me. There was then walls of Jericho in the barbed wire and barbed wire going into penises. And I actually said out loud, because I'm a very strange man, Man, well, and there was no one with me, don't forget. Well, if somebody was worried this wasn't going to be an everywhere barbed wire match, they were totally wrong. Before all this, too, we were told that Ruby Soho was in charge. 
charge of the shark cage control. And I was like, why wouldn't you just give that to a security guard backstage? Because at this point, Ty Conti ran out and she was trying to get the controller off her. This is when shenanigans just went absolutely nuts because Anna Jay was out. And at first she was like, listen, Ty, I've had enough of you. Then she turned around. She twonked Ruby. So that chat last week must have worked. Anna Jay and Ty Conte back together. This allows them to lower the shark cage. And yes, I know, Ty Conte tried to open the lock on it and it took longer than I'm sure she would have appreciated. But honestly, some people on the internet have turned this into the end of days. Have you forgot she's just a human being for the love of everything, so I don't care. I don't care. Stop tweeting me. I don't think it's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. And if I did it, I'd probably slip up and pull my hamstring and then a ref would have to go, oh, for goodness sake, and open it. It's live television. Things happen. My God, it has to calm down. The Blackpool Combat Club then ran out to stop this. And I thought, oh my gosh, the booking here has gone absolutely bonkers. And then we were back to just throwing barbed wire things into other people's faces. I threw up a little bit. The fair play to these guys because they really did put themselves through everything and it actually led to Eddie Kingston hitting the spinning back fist with some barbed wire and applying the stretch plum with yet more barbed wire and it looked like Chris Jericho was going to tap. (laughs) I say looked like because he didn't and Sammy Guevara then appeared from nowhere. He hit the super kick and I was like, damn it, he's going to be screwed. Because it did mean that Jericho too wrapped his arm up with barbed wire. He hit the Judas effect. Eddie went down. Christopher covered him for the one, two, three. Chris and Sam tried to carry this on afterwards, but we wanted to give Eddie something, I presume. So he got rid of Sammy Guevara and he took Chris Jericho and he just threw him into this barbed wire nightmare. And the scream that Jericho let out, I do not think was fake. And seriously, it's amazing when anybody does this, but Chris Jericho is a genuine superstar and he has been for years. He's like 50 years old and he has taken some of the worst bumps I've ever seen him take over the last year or so. So credit to that man. Eddie Kingston is just a hero too. And in no world would I give this anything but an up because again, it was two human beings suffering to try and entertain us, even if the whole thing had been a disaster, I don't care. It's my show, it's my rules. However, I do understand some of the criticism because one, in a match like this, you think Eddie Kingston would win, although you can counter that argument by saying, ah, yes, but in their first match, when it was a singles match, which you would assume would benefit Chris Jericho, Kingston won courtesy of a submission. It's true. The problem, though, is that it now feels like we need another match in this feud, meaning a barbed wire everything match was not the last one in the program. And I'm not sure how you can top this, so surely it goes down a little bit. There's also the bigger question of why Guevara and Ty Conte were not in the shark cage. Now you can be like, well, actually, Simon, they're not official members of the Jericho Appreciation Society. Sure, but any logical person could go, I think those two will probably try and interfere. So they should have been up there too. So those are points that you can't ignore. And as I've said time and time again, we grave on a curd here on ups and downs. So it does have to get a down. But I want to caveat this by saying, I actually don't care. I mean, I don't care. I'm happy to see the criticism. I'm happy to talk about it. But I'm also happy to realize that it was two people going into barbed wire. That trumps everything. Honestly, Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho, you absolute madmen. I flippin' love you. Which did bring us to the end of an absolutely chaotic AEW Dynamite. But hey-ho, did I have a good time? I did. I was kind of exhausted by the end. Giving it up. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.